Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Fun Fans Podcast. I'm your host, James Dillard. With me as always, my co-host, Bailey Jackson. How you doing, Bailey? I'm good. I'm good. Just thankful for another week. Another day in paradise. We have a great show today. We have another podcaster with the fanboys with us. We're going to introduce him in just a second. And we're going to really break down the season a little bit more than what we might normally do, especially the Notre Dame matchup. You'll find out why in just a second. We have two interviews on the show. They're going to be very awesome. And uh, finally, we're going to make sure you're caught up on all other major issues from Clemson campus and the other wide world of sports. But first, the fun fans are a proud part of the Fanboys Fangirls Sports Podcasting Network. If you're a true sports fan, the Fanboys Fangirls is perfect for you. Find various nationwide podcasts and other sports media at thefanboys.com and on all forms of social media. The Fun Fans Podcast is the official podcast for Clemson fans. And don't forget to mention Ruben's Food, Sports Spirits, and Catering, the best wings around with two locations in the upstate, 1083 Batesville Road in Greer, which I went to last weekend, and 11028 Anderson Road in Piedmont. You can find them at rubensc.com, and Ruben's is simply a great place to eat for all the sports fans. And they had a live band last Saturday, too. So, all right, well, I've, I've found out that when on when there's a game, on college football, the bands are going to be outside, at least at the one in Greer, so you can watch the football games on the inside. So I made sure we found out about that. And we'll talk about Diamond Edge products here in a minute as I take a, take a sip of my Pepsi product out of my Diamond Edge product <laughs> cup there. But uh, we want to get straight to it. So today is the first ever Fanboys Fangirls kickoff marathon, and we're kicking off season two. This group got started getting together a year ago and went through football season, and Bailey and I hooked up with them in January. Uh, so we started the day at 11 o'clock with Jay, and he had two hours of Orange Shades and Coach's Corner podcast. Uh, he broadcast from Arden's Grill over in Central South Carolina. Just before us was Harden the Paint. And uh, after our show at 6.15, you can shift to the Fresh Takes podcast. He's on Twitter as the Real Fresh Channel. You can find him on thefanboys.com. If you go to thefanboys.com, you can find all these podcasts, and uh, he talks pro sports, probably NFL today with it being the kickoff like to the football season. But we have with us the host of the Golden Homers podcast. So he is a Notre Dame. Look at there. Got your, uh, nice. got your <laughs> logo for you there. And I've listened to these guys' podcasts, and they do a great job, uh, obviously talking about Notre Dame. But, you know, people my age, Bailey, you're a little bit older than me, so you're like already 50. But people – our age think of Notre we all love Notre Dame because of the history you know Clemson fans I I, I do Bailey is that same for you I mean Rudy yeah and, yeah I mean it's a national brand and we get to see them every week and I mean it's just something that you grew up kind of you know that's Notre right. Dame was Notre Dame that's right so uh these guys do a great job with the podcast so say that to say that it will, can interest any football fan uh, at least if you're seasoned like Bailey and I but we want to introduce um, Nathan Erbach to the show, the host of Golden Homers. How are you doing today, Nathan? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a should be a good season. I know we were talking a little off air about it, but uh, you know, I, I enjoy playing Clemson. Um, I know that you know I'm a little bit younger. I just turned 30 in January, but you know, like as I've grown up, Clemson's been a way more prominent football program than I think maybe they were you know, 
30 years ago when I was born. And, you know, obviously they've, they've always been a good program, but I think just over the, especially with net from a national championship perspective, um, you know, over the last decade plus, um, you know, they've been one of those banner football teams. And um, I think Notre Dame has been fortunate enough to essentially call them a rival um, at this point with the partial membership in the ACC. You know, the 2015 hurricane game is something that I won't ever forget. I think it was 2015. It might have been 20. It, it was. No, I think it was 2015, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was obviously a really good game. You guys, I think, won the national championship that year. Um, and, you know, that was probably one of the better football games of the entire season. Um, and then we've had some back-and-forth battles. I mean, Notre Dame's probably had the edge when it comes to being at home. Um, and Clemson's had the edge when it comes to, you know, when, when, probably when the game matters the most. You know, you guys beat us in the college football playoff once um, and then the ACC championship another time. So um, they've had some good games. Well, that ACC Definitely. championship game, there was a guy named Trevor Lawrence that came back from yeah. COVID. <laughs> exactly. He, he helped out tremendously. Yeah. Yeah, darn, darn COVID, man. Yep. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you guys do on your podcast. Yeah. So um, ironically enough, we actually haven't recorded in probably the last two or three months. Uh, my co-host, Mason Plummer, and myself just have uh, – especially during baseball season because of what I do uh, with my, with my career and stuff like that. It's, it's tough to, tough to hop on, but um, you know, we obviously the golden homers is a sort of kind of a a play on words. Um, You know, you got, you get the golden domers aspect of it, but then you also get like the, okay, we're, we can, we tend to be homers or, or at least we, you know, kind of just the joking part of the podcast is that we're homers towards Notre Dame. And, you know, we're both obviously just really big, you know, big Notre Dame fans and stuff like that, that I've had, you know, been fortunate enough to do some stuff at the, you know, you know, covering Notre Dame as well, not just our podcast related. We both worked for Sports Illustrated for, you know, for about a year writing stuff with um, uh, Irish Breakdown. Um, so definitely check them out They're They're still there. Um, Brian Driscoll does a really good job with that website. Um, you know, we, we, we've been, been fortunate enough to kind of team up with guys like Tom Loy at 24 seven sports and become good friends with him. And, um, so every now and then we're privy to some inside info and stuff like that, which is kind of nice that we have to, you know, maybe leave off the podcast and, and stuff like that. But, um, so we tread lightly at times, but, um, no, in general, man, we're just, we're two Notre Dame football fans, been Notre Dame football fans our whole lives. Um, me because I grew, um, or my family's from Chicago, Catholic from Chicago. So I essentially was born, um, having to like Notre Dame. There wasn't really an option for me. Um, a lot of my fa- yeah, the good, the good thing though, is a lot of my family members did attend Notre Dame. So I don't really consider myself a, I guess a quote unquote subway alum, like some people are. And, you know, and that, and I don't find that disrespectful regardless. I think that there's a, there's a national power to it. Um, you know, that maybe some programs aren't privy to, but, um, and then in Mason's perspective, he, uh, he actually grew up in South Bend, Indiana, essentially in Mishawaka, which is the County right, right outside of South Bend. So, um, from his, from his perspective, he essentially had to be a Notre Dame fan as well because he grew up so close to campus. So that's that kind of a story background behind uh, behind us. And um, we actually met through Twitter um, and have become super close over the last decade or so because of that. Very cool. Cool. So you yeah. guys, y'all, Notre Dame is already 1-0, went across the pond uh, to take on Navy. Now, this isn't really a question, but – isn't that a little biased to take the fighting Irish to Ireland <laughs> and play an American military school? I mean, talk about that's like home field advantage, right? You know, thousands of miles away, but uh, looked pretty good yesterday. What are your initial thoughts? 
Yeah, it's actually the third time they've done it. Um, 2012, ironically enough, when they went to the national championship game and got hammered by Alabama. Um, that was the last time they did it. Um, I forget when the other time was, but I think it was either the early 2000s or late or late 1990s. I forget exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's the third time they've, they've gone across the pond, specifically in Dublin, Ireland, to play uh, to play Navy. Um, and, uh, no, I think it's just a – it's a fun time. I mean, I'm glad they do it at the beginning of the season – Partly because it's Navy and partly, obviously, because you're traveling overseas to do it. Because um, I'll be honest, as much as I, I love and respect Navy and, the, you know, and, the, and uh, the Naval Academy and everything that they, you know, they do for our country, um, the Navy in general, I hate playing them mi- mi- middle of the year. Um, and sometimes I hate playing them in general just because of the, the wrinkle that they bring, the way that they play. Um, it's not always that Notre Dame struggles with Navy per se. I mean, as you see yesterday, they won 42 to three. When you look at the majority of the scores um, against Navy over the last, you know, 35, 40 years um, and longer than that, for the most part, they do handle Navy pretty easily from a score perspective, but I think there's some wear and tear that kind of leads, you know, sometimes into other games um, and they struggle the few weeks after Navy. So I think getting them out of the way early where they can, kind of come unscathed with injuries. Um, and then yesterday's perspective, they were able to get some backups in and play a lot of their depth um, as the game went on because they had a big lead. You know, I think that's going to maybe help them throughout the season so they don't have to focus on them. And, and then obviously the game plan um, in general, um, having to game plan for the triple option, you know, a couple weeks, you know, before you play them and not have to, uh, <laughs> you don't have to do that, I guess, now the rest of the way, which is nice. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's probably the best case scenario is to play them first. Yeah, because uh, uh, both of us are former high school coaches, and we can tell you that anytime you had to go into a week um, to get ready for the triple option, there's a lot of assignment football, and sometimes kids don't learn that in three days of practice. Um, so I, I was impressed. You know, Sam Hartman, we, we're very familiar with him. I watched him throw six touchdown passes in person last year at Wake Forest against Clemson. Uh, he was a roommate with a kid that went to the school I work at, um, and he's a great guy. And his his dad did two of my wife's back surgery, so got a little connection there. And he's a he's like a super senior. He's like six years in. Yeah, uh, first year was 2018 uh, in the ACC. But hey, they look good. It's typical Notre Dame, man. They're big up front. They ran the football, and they only had four incompletions. So, you know, good start. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, I mean, can't complain. Obviously, Notre Dame probably the last couple of years has had some quarterback issues, um, or at least maybe not having that quarterback that's going to get you over the top. Um, and I think this year, you know, regardless if they go to the playoff or not, this is the type of quarterback that you need um, to give you that opportunity. So um, if they if they don't make it this year, it's essentially it's not going to be on the quarterback. I guess is what I'm really getting at. Yeah, he's he. I mean, I've seen him take some shots and pop right back up. And yeah, yeah. He, he's a great guy. Everybody that I've talked to that has ever met him said he's who you want in your locker room. So sure um, good for him. Um, and he had a great career at uh, Wake Forest for sure. So yeah. what did, what do you know about Clemson this year? you have any outlook on the Tigers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is the linebacker play. Um, Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter are two of the best in the country. Um, I always say that Notre Dame's J.D. Bertrand would start on maybe every team in the entire country at linebacker besides Clemson. Um, and that, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I know Clemson's linebackers a little bit more than some other programs. So it's a little bit hyperbole. 
um, to say that, but I'm, I'm a huge JD Bertrand guy and I don't think he would start for you guys. And I think that's a, that, that's a testament to what you guys have there. Um, you know, and then obviously Clemson always has dominant guys up front. Um, I can't necessarily name all the guys that they have this year. I know you guys lost some guys to the draft this past season. Um, but you know, one of the things I always look forward to Clemson is the, the, in the trenches, uh, Notre Dame's offensive line versus Notre Dame's defensive line. Um, and then, you know, outside of that, I mean, I was kind of talking a little off air about this, um, before you hopped on Bailey, but I'm a huge fan of Cade Klubnik. Um, I covered his recruitment a little bit when he, before he actually had a Clemson offer, um, and, and into him having a Clemson offer. And I know last year, obviously he played very sparingly in that Notre Dame game. And it wasn't really necessarily a fair shake for a kid like that as a true freshman in that environment and coming in when it's already sort of a, you know, a weird game going on. Um, but I think he is going to up your quarterback room pretty significantly. And, you know, there might be some bumps and bruises or, uh, along the way for you guys. I mean, that's going to happen when you got, when you have someone that that is young, that doesn't have a whole lot of experience per se, but um, I think in the long run, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to have a Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence level career. Cause I think that that's, that those are some tough accolades to, to follow. Um, but I think he's going to be a damn good quarterback for you guys um, when it's all said and done. So yeah, those are kind of my early impressions. And then uh, at least from the Notre Dame Clemson perspective, I mean, playing on the road, it's going to be a tough game. <laughs> See, yeah, it's, um, it, I'm sorry. It's like Peter Woods. Remember that name as a defensive lineman, true yep. freshman. Yeah, um, former five-star kid, right? Yes, but um, I'll say this: Notre Dame up front. That's just if I were a head football coach, I want a line. I want an offensive line that looks like that. Yeah, <laughs> without a I doubt. Want. That's what. So I want. talk to talk more specifically about the matchup. So we play, and we were talking about this earlier as well. It's November before we play. Uh, each team ha- is going to have seven or eight games between uh, the time we meet each other. Where do we all think? each team will be as far as record, let's say, when, when the matchup happens. I know Clemson has Florida State, NC State, a couple other conference games. Yeah. Notre Dame has Southern Cal, I believe, before Ohio us. State. Yep. Yeah. So both teams have to play at NC State. And I know NC State's not a national championship powerhouse and that kind of thing, but that is a ridiculously tough place to play. Yeah. And it's a place I'll never go back to again as a fan. Because they are, I'll use the word passionate on here. Yeah, we'll say passionate. Um, I won't say ugly. I'm still, did I say that? Um, and honestly, I circled at Syracuse for Clemson. Always struggle at Syracuse for some Don't reason. Don't understand it. So, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, outside of even just the, the Ohio State and, um, USC games, which is obviously you know, two top 10 opponents or preseason top 10 opponents right there. You know, you mentioned at NC State, um, Notre Dame has to go at Duke, who I think has a good football program right now, at Louisville, who's kind of back on the rise a little bit as well. Um, I'm not as nervous as the, as the for the Louisville game. Um, I'm not really concerned about playing in, in that environment. Um, and I think Notre Dame's going to probably do well there. Um, but I have a lot of respect for Mike Elko at Duke. Um, he was the former Notre Dame defensive coordinator before went, going to Texas A&M and then obviously now getting the job at Duke last year. Um, and then, you know, NC State, you know, I know it's a different football team, but, you know, they've kind of always had Sam Hartman's number. And I think that that's something to maybe keep in mind. I'm sure he has some nightmares about some of his matchups against NC State and hopefully those don't follow him to South Bend. But 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, I, I keep, I, I keep saying it, at least from Notre Dame's perspective, you have the big three that everybody talks about, but I don't think this, this schedule is any sort of cupcake. Um, even, even aside those three teams. So right. it's uh, going to be a good one. So none of us are going to go out on a limb and say both teams will be undefeated when they meet none of that stuff. I'll go, I'll go as far to say that I'd be pretty surprised if Notre Dame is undefeated. It wouldn't surprise me if each team has a loss. I'm going to make a prediction. I think the winner of the Notre Dame-Southern Cal game makes the playoffs. Win that game, the winner makes the playoffs. I'm just going to – there's only been one play, uh, one game on the field. You know, hadn't seen Southern Cal play this year. We are talking about that earlier as well. But uh, with the way the schedules are, uh, Notre Dame, if they win that game, I think they're setting themselves up for postseason. Well, they yeah. played yesterday too, I think. Um, yeah, USC about, played yesterday too. Put up about sixty. Um, but <laughs> hey, it's in November. Hopefully, it won't be a hundred degrees like it is now. In, and no hurricanes. In the great state of South Carolina because it's yeah. brutal. Uh, I can't yeah. imagine going to a game yesterday here. Uh, it would have been miserable. But um, no, November fourth is normally pretty nice weather. Well, maybe maybe yeah. that's uh, chilly in the. At the tailgate, James. A little chilly. Yeah. yeah. Nathan, you coming down for the game? I, right. I've been kicking around the idea. Um, I don't know. Like, this year is so weird because Notre Dame plays in week zero that they play, like, six games or five games before the end of September. Um, and that's obviously in the heart of baseball season, so that's tough for me. So, everything I'm going to is going to be either October or November. So, we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm trying to make it to Notre Dame at least once. Um, and if I go to a road game, you know, why, why wouldn't it be Clemson? Right. That's there right. you go. Got an invitation to the tailgate. Now. We'll so be there. Yeah, we'll be there for sure. I have All some friends out in the up. Greenville area. So hopefully, hopefully I can maybe make it out. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. But speaking of the important stuff like tailgating, tell us what it's like, obviously, uh, tell us what the tailgating, we should have been in Notre Dame by now, Bailey. Yeah. I mean, I've, wanted and tried to go every time Clemson's gone up there. Just It just hadn't worked out. But, Nathan, what's the tailgating like at Notre Dame? Well, actually, you know, it's funny you ask that because I was actually at the Notre Dame-Clemson game last year. That was the the one big game I got to go to um, in, in South Bend. And, you know, it's it's weird, man. If I mean, you guys maybe aren't included in this, but I think Notre Dame gets a lot of crap sometimes for being, you know, like this high academic – um, you know, non-party, like they don't have good looking girls, that kind of stuff type of school. And, you know, from someone who has grown up going to a lot of Notre Dame games in South Bend and going to a lot of, you know, big games like the Clemson one last year and, and different things like that. Um, they, those boys down there and those people, those people up in South Bend, they know how to tailgate as good as anybody. Um, the, the one thing I'll say is I, and maybe this is a little biased. I think that they're, they tend to be a little bit more welcoming. Um, they're not gonna, you're not going to be walking. If you're, you know, if you're a Clemson fan and you have your own, you know, tailgate area, you're not going to be catching a lot of crap or anything like that from people. You know, every fan base has their, has their guys and, you know, and fans that will do that. But for the most part, I think Notre Dame is very welcoming to the, uh, to the opposing fan base. Um, but, but they know how to, they know how to get down with their tailgates. I mean, if they, uh, there's, there's not a, there's not a spot that's going to be open. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a crazy crowd. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I mean, they, they definitely know how to, <laughs> they definitely know how to hold, handle their tailgates for sure. Cool. Yeah. Very good. And like you say, every, 
every fan base uh, has very welcoming fans. Normally, 85, 90% of the fans. Sure, it's, yeah. it's unfortunate that the, the smaller percentage of folks kind of ruin it for everybody. Speaking of that, this is a little bit off script, I, but I thought about this earlier. Our rival, obviously, in-state, we got the Gamecocks, and that's that's the rival. The way Notre Dame and the history and how they play their schedule, and I know it's it's a little different. You mentioned Clemson becoming kind of a rival. But who yeah. is, like, the real rival? Who Who is the team, like, if you guys lose, but not even to them? Like, we could lose to you guys and the Gamecock fans talk trash. Yeah. So who's the team – the fan base that talks trash when you guys get beat by not them. Yeah. So it's weird. It's, I would say from a fan base perspective, it's probably Michigan, Michigan um, from, but like Notre Dame's biggest rival is USC, like 100%. It's definitely USC. The, the, the difference is that they're so far away from each other mm. that you don't hear it a lot. And I, at least this is just my, from my perspective and I grew up in Las Vegas um, still live here to you know this to right now, so I see a little bit more of the USC fans than maybe the normal Notre Dame fan does. But there's just I, I haven't really run a, come across a lot of USC fans even on Twitter and social media, which is where you get a lot of the people that you know will say things. Um, but there's a lot of Michigan fans on there, and you know obviously it's not as big as Michigan Ohio State, but it's probably number two. Right. bare minimum from a fan base perspective and you know there's the midwest rivalry there they have they have a lot of recruiting battles against each other and then obviously they played you know they played each other for 45 you know 50 plus years in a row so um i would say that's probably the one specifically from a fan base to a fan base when there's when something goes wrong when there's a recruiting battle lost you're going to hear it both ways when there's a uh, you know, when Notre Dame lost to Marshall last year, you're going to hear it from the Michigan fans. Like it's, it, it's, and then vice versa. When, when Michigan lost to Appalachian state a decade ago or whatever, you, you know, Notre Dame fans were probably chirping in their ears and they probably still do honestly. So I would say that's the one for sure. I remember that. It must be a, it must be a big 10 thing. Cause we hear, we catch it from Ohio state, you know, like we yeah. have anything to do with Ohio State until the playoffs or something. So whatever. Well, the you know, second thing, most populous state for Ohio residents is South Carolina. This is true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they well, all move here. You yeah. know, the one thing I've noticed is that when no, when Notre Dame tends to play some teams, so like la they played Ohio State last year, now they play them this year. So ever since that game last year, and like so, like essentially this whole calendar year. I've heard more from Ohio state fans than I did the previous 10 years, you know, cause they just didn't play them. Right. So I, I, from a Notre Dame perspective, cause they do tend to schedule just so many different teams when they have a little bit of a couple year, you know, run with a certain program, they tend to, they, that tends to, I kind of like what I mentioned with Clemson, you know, we played you guys a lot over the last decade um, with the ACC affiliation and stuff like that. So you know, I've I've gotten to talk to a lot of Clemson fans that I didn't talk to with the previous decade prior to that. And and I'm not saying it's been bad or good, just just it's 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 just been noticeable, I guess, from my perspective. Very good. Well, we have one more question that we ask all of the all of our guests, and especially but you being such a young spring chicken, the <laughs> answer should be very positive. Sure. Uh do you know mm -hmm. how to do the gritty? I do not. Okay, so we're gonna have to. Have, you you come to the Clemson game. We're gonna find some people to teach the three of us 
which we're old and I've had two back surgeries, but we <laughs> somebody's got to be able to agree. I can't do it. My 16 year old son, he tries. I can't do it. I'm not doing yeah. it. No, I, uh, I mean, I know what it looks like when someone does it. Like if someone's doing it, I can tell you what it is, but I couldn't do it myself. All right. We ask everybody that. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. We actually, we had a uh, Ricky Sapp. He actually did the gritty for us on the show. So yeah. He's pretty good pretty at cool. it. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get that out of me, unfortunately. <laughs> well, Nathan, we appreciate it. Guys, go out and find uh, the Golden Homers. Find him on Twitter and follow these guys. And when they do, I'm sure they'll be putting more podcasts out. When football season comes around, they do a great job talking just – and you can tell he's smart football. He's not just talking trash. Uh, he talks smart football, him and his, his co-hosts both. So uh, check them out. Nathan, we appreciate you being on the show. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Good luck the rest of baseball season. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, that was cool. Hey, Hey, we didn't mention he works for the Oakland A's AAA affiliate in Las Vegas, and he scouts for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I mean, he knows knows what he's talking about. And like I say, it's a good listen for real, uh, just for any football fan, like like we try to make our, our show to be. So we do appreciate him being on part of the all day marathon from the fanboys. So there's a, there's a example of what else the, the network has to offer. Uh, but speaking of tailgating, Baylor, we we're it's getting close. Okay. And we have a, I have a couple of interviews that have been pre-recorded, but we want to listen closely to what these people have to say about the tailgating and how important it is. I had the opportunity to interview the one and only uh, Horace Grant, and he he talks. We talked to him specifically about going to Clemson games, but we we want to check out this interview real quick as we prepare for Saturdays in the Valley. Hey fans, you ain't gonna believe who we're about to have on here. We've been talking a lot, so we got to get it. Let me get my camera turned around, and we're gonna get it going on. Yeah. Former Clemson superstar, former. Well, you're never a former NBA champion, are you? You're always the NBA champion. Absolutely. Horace Grant here on live here at the Orange and White Week. How you doing, Horace? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. We appreciate you being here. So, uh, tell us a little bit about Bucks event and and why you're part supporting, why other folks should support this event. Well, um, you know, Buck asked me a couple years ago to come out and uh, help him, uh, you know, with this uh, great event. But my schedule wouldn't let me. But this year he called me. He was like, you know, would your schedule allow you? And I said, absolutely. So I'm out here for a great cause to give uh, back to uh, this community. Um, everyone should come out and support. Right. And I, I listen, I told Horace before we started, I'm amateur, and there is his face is right in the, in the arm of the camera. So we're, we're gonna have to fix that. There we go. There we there go. Do something different. All right. So, yeah, so come on out. You can donate on the links on the screen. So, tell the listeners a little bit about it. Everybody knows, you know, what it was like being on the court, being a player at Clemson. How did you end up at Clemson? Well, uh, I was going to Anderson Junior College at the time, I think it's Anderson University now. And uh, Coach Bill Foster came behind closed doors and said, uh, Harvey and Horace, would you guys like to come to Clemson? We were like, absolutely. And uh, ended up here. Absolutely. I mean, great coach, great atmosphere, great fans, and such a great community here at Clemson. 
family atmosphere. So when you were when you were here as a player of basketball, so this is a fun fans podcast. We asked the athletes, were they fans, and how did how was it like attending the other sports? Did you go to football games that type of thing? Listen, as a basketball player here from '83 to '87, you did not miss football games. First of all, you didn't miss the tailgating. And then in the, the football game, it, we always had great football teams back in here. You know, when Dan DeFore was uh, coaching, of course, now um, one of the uh, greatest teams that ever played the game uh, in Clemson football. So uh, you didn't miss football games. Yes. Yeah. All right, so you heard it from the horse's mouth. What did he say, Bailey? He said you had to go to the football games. You do not miss the football games. If you're in Clemson and uh, you, you got to be there and it's all about the tailgating. So from Horace Grant himself, you heard it three-time NBA champion. I like how when I was introducing him, I mean, you're never a former champion. I mean, that's the thing about. Uh, well, the great Horace and his brother, Harvey twin brothers. Yeah. Came to Clemson. I didn't know that backstory, how it ended up happening, but uh, I used to get a press guide every year. Um, and I would read that thing inside now. I'm probably the only kid in America that read the Clemson press guide for basketball inside now, but it's pretty cool seeing him right here on our podcast that's for sure yeah all right so we have another interview from with the mayor of clemson we talked to him about uh what it's like to be the mayor of clemson and uh also going to uh clemson football games okay go ahead all right hey fun fans and clemson fans we're here with Clemson Mayor Robert, I'm just going to stick with Robert. You're fine. You, you can say half acre. Half acre. I'm not designed. I never claim to be a professional at this. But uh, found him here at Wayne Buckingham's Orange and White Weekend uh, fundraiser. So, what makes you want to support this type of event so we can tell the folks maybe out there that support as well? No, that's great. No, I was here last year as well. It's just a great event bringing the different athletes families back into Clemson. We love it. Also, Ultimately, what Wayne does for the nonprofits in the area, we love that as well. It's just great to have gatherings like that. So I appreciate his team and what they've done for this community and what they continue to do. So it's becoming a reoccurring event. So we love it. Very good. So, how long have you been the mayor of Clemson? Been the mayor of Clemson for about two and a half years. How's that going so far? Uh, I was actually mayor during COVID. Uh, nice. That gives you any indication. Yeah. So uh, we've seen a lot of challenges. We always see challenges. All communities have seen challenges, of course, the year. But I feel like we've done pretty well getting through it. Thankfully, the community is very uh, engaged. Can I say that in a good way? That, uh, my guidance, all work together. It was right for the city. If you get a chance, check out our website. We just actually um, start to tell our story a little bit better. And say that not say what we've done. So when you, I know the mayor is probably across the state together, maybe across the country. Being the mayor of a college town, how does how we learn that differs? And so maybe what you're doing is something to have the city stand now 
as well as the university. So, ironically, I was literally had lunch with their Oliver today. So, they're did you tee that up perfectly? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, don't forget that. I literally have lunch with my son, and my son and I had lunch with the mayor of Oliver. We just share best practices. Let's work well in the city of Oliver. What I felt like to you know, the question to me, I mean, is we, what we feel like is working well within the city, but we share the challenges as well. And a lot of people know that all the campus is very similar. People say Auburn's very similar to the lake. So, with that said, uh, we do get a chance, and it's a great value to have those conversations. Being the Fun Fans Podcast, we always ask folks, what's game day like for you? So, as the mayor of Princeton, uh, this is so, gonna. This might be the most interesting. No, it's not. Right? It's not. It's the most boring. Game. Uh, <laughs> always got every football game. Always there for every game. We've been going since the late seventies. My dad had started getting tickets literally in the late seventies at the same season. But because we live so close to campus, that's why I'm saying we're not the most excited. Uh, we literally stay at our house and have friends over, tailgate, but then. We walk and a couple of tailgates on the way to the game. So I'm not going to say the rest of the exciting, but wife, my wife and I enjoy our you know, being around the house throughout the day and then probably two or three hours before game time. We start progressing towards the state of the It's always fun to be in the environment. You always walk like well, the fun fans. Well said. The fun fans. No. All right. I appreciate that. Mayor, I appreciate the Thank you. Thank you. I hope that was what you All right, so the mayor, the mayor of Clemson, and his game day, his typical game day. What? And any initial thoughts there, Bailey? No, I mean I'm sure he is probably low stress because he's not in charge of anything on game day. He can hang out at his house and walk to the game. Isn't that what he said? That's yeah, that's what he said. So I, I'm thinking. You know, and, you know, I'm always I'm always trying to do it up, I guess. So, but I'm thinking he needs the mayor of Clemson needs to step up his game. I mean, if it's game day and you're the mayor, and like you say, that might be the lowest stress day for him because the big event is something that he's not even in charge of. I'd have like some orange golf cart with mayor of Clemson on the side of it, riding around. Well, he might during election year, <laughs> but most of the people in town that day can't vote. This is correct. Yeah, that, that is true. So he's hey, just another fan. He's just he's, another fan on game day. Yeah, I'd be uh here's the key to the city. Oh no, here's the key to this. He literally has the key to the city. Right. So anyway, I was just thinking he could I'd probably step it up a little bit, but I'm sure he has a great time. I wonder wonder what where his friends come from that come over to his house and I don't know, wherever in probably has a lot of friends now that he is the mayor of Clemson and lives right there and can walk to the stadium. Yeah. Suddenly he has a huge tailgate. So, right. All right. Well, speaking of Clemson, what is going on on campus? This week was a big week. The kids started class. Bailey, you remember class? I do. I do. So, uh, we got some kids over there. I'm going to say, I'm going to keep saying we, even though mine have technically graduated, I got nephews and friends with kids over there. So did uh, you talk to Katie? She go to class? Yeah, she went to class. I had I bought some books this week. Um, you know, she came home yesterday and picked up some stuff, and she's back. She had to go back and, I think, uh, cheer at a either soccer or volleyball today. I can't remember. Gotcha. 
Well, I'm having to check on my nephew. I, I talked to my brother Jason yesterday and asked about about his son. And he said, I ain't talked to him. So I'm going to have to text my nephew and check on him and uh, make sure he went to class, make sure he's doing all right, I guess. But um, kids, go to class and don't miss the first Friday parade as well. That's coming up. That's the Friday before the first home game, right? Yes, that's the eighth. All right, so don't don't miss that one. Anything else? Speaking of cheer or Katie or anything else from Campus News, Bailey? No, just um, you know, ready to rock and roll here. We are I'm ready. Going, I'm going to two clips of games in five days next week. All right, all right, Duke. You're going at you're going to Duke. We are. are you, you ride up there Monday? You going early or anything? Uh, yeah, my first cousin actually lives in that area. We'll stay there Monday night. So get some. Uh, we'll have some footage, folks, on the podcast. Remember that week we're going to start a Wednesday podcast. So two days after Labor Day, uh, it may be a very brief podcast, but we'll have some footage, hopefully, from uh, the tailgating at. Duke I will have Bailey. a complete assessment of the Duke tailgate scene. There you go. And the, we, the we have a parking place in some parking lot over there. So anyway. And the and the the cheerleaders, of course, the Clemson cheerleaders is with his daughter. So that'll be awesome. And then so you're talking about and then the that'll be four days later, we'll be in Clemson for the first home game. Correct. Very good. So and I have a you talking about doing it up. I've got way weird plans for the tailgate. It's gonna be we got the same spot. So fun fans, everybody's invited. Nathan, everybody we've already ever had on here before. Everybody anybody that listens. Come down Centennial Avenue, look for the Fun Fans banner hanging off of the tent, and you're welcome to stop by. So we, we normally talk about other sports going on, but, you know, once college football season starts, there's really no other sports to me, but I know some folks are baseball. What else is going on in the wider world of sports? Uh, look, I tell well, I mean, the, the Tour Championship had a rain delay, so they're on hole 13 right now, so there's nothing to report there. Um, those are still in first place, but there are other sports. I told Wit the other day, do you realize that between September and October, we have now the baseball playoffs, college football, professional football, and in October, the Hornets start playing again. Yeah. It's a great time of the year. I, I, I love, which I love all sports, but I, I obviously I don't keep up with most, most other sports other than Clemson football uh, like you do with some stuff, but I love postseason anything. I I like postseason, which I keep up with the Bruins in the wintertime, but... Uh, I'll be honest with you. If my team's not in it, eh. Well, see, I, I had to pick a team, but I can get into the postseason like baseball. I'm not big on baseball, but I I enjoy watching the playoffs in the world because, you know, those... When well, the you games gonna, matter, you're going to have to pull for those this year. I will definitely pull. I'm pulling. I, yeah, without a doubt. I'm an O's fan for sure. All right. So speaking of the college football, though, and the games between now, we will come back Sunday. We're doing every Sunday and Sunday and Wednesday, but the Wednesday's not until after Labor Day, so not this Wednesday. We got Thursday night, Utah versus Florida. Any other games stand out? You got that one should be fun to watch, my opinion. Anything the two Carolinas play in Charlotte, don't they? The Carolina Bowl in Charlotte, the Gamecocks versus – I think there's going to be a lot of points and a lot of yards, and I think the two quarterbacks are going to 
they're going to shoot it out. In my opinion, that's my prediction. It might be one of those whoever has the ball last wins the game games. So that one should be fun to watch as well. Uh, LSU Florida State Sunday. Now that one we will have our podcast before that one starts. So we're going to uh, find out good. how good LSU is and yeah. Florida State is pretty quick. Yeah, those are that'll be a game where it's like Nathan was talking about playing Navy. You kind of get a measuring stick. You, it's live action, of course, for your team, and you can break it down and whatnot. I think the LSU Florida State is a it will be a good measuring stick for each team. You know, the winner of that one is going to probably be a pretty good team. Is that and I think is that game at a neutral site or is it actually at Florida State this year? Because I think you keep talking no. while I'm looking. Is that not the in Atlanta? Like uh Peach not the not the Peach Bowl, obviously. The Chick-fil-A but, uh, preseason pre something, something, something. Yeah, the Chick-fil-A nugget kickoff thing where Clemson went down there one year and got hammered by Alabama. That was a while back. Yeah. That was not fun. But I'm not sure, but that one will be awesome. Speaking of next Sunday, this 5.30 time slot, we're going to stick with 5.30, Bailey? Sure. Now that we're on to the 5.30 thing. You're the general manager. Yeah. 5.30 on Sundays and Wednesday, the Wednesday night one probably be into the 7.30, 8 o'clock. We will announce that on uh, on all of our social media. So now that the season is so close, a couple of them, just make sure we got those announcements. Two days after the Clemson Duke game, we're adding the Wednesday, adding the Wednesday show. So we're going to start doing two shows a week throughout college football season. Uh, and remember, we're at Rubens for away games, and we're going to start getting video for the show of the tailgating, whether it's at Rubens or at the game. So if you come out to Rubens with us or come by the tailgate, you could end up being part of the show. You can be featured. Uh, so look for that. Just look for the Fun Fans banner, like I said, on Centennial Extension. Or you could look for some – we'll be drinking uh, Pepsi products, I guess, out of um, Diamond Etch products that we've received. Yeah. Uh, they've mastered a diamond laser engraving process, and they can put almost any design on items such as license plates, yard signs, tumblers, water bottles, and more. For a high-quality, everlasting custom-engraved product, check out Diamond Etch products at diamondedgeproducts.com, and they are an officially licensed partner with Clemson University, so you can get your stuff. And if you need something, you email Jalen, J-A-Y-L-I-N, at diamondedgeproducts.com. Click through this stuff, and I'm like, that stuff is so cool, and it's, it's it looks so sharp. Uh, you got to see it in real life, so just reach out to Jalen or reach out to us, and we can hook you up with some some products. Uh, so coming up next with the fanboys at 6.15, so just a couple minutes away, is a Fresh Take. Find the Real Fresh channel uh, or go to thefanboys.com uh, to find that. Brad Harvey is going to be wrapping this all up tonight, starting, I think, at 7 uh, with his college sports cast show. Brad, does he does a lot of stuff and does a good job. And once again, we appreciate Nathan joining us and looking forward to that Notre Dame. Like, I'm looking forward to that weather. November weather could not come soon enough. It's that been, was the best thing about the playing in Ireland. It was 58 degrees at kickoff. It's been way too hot around her recently. Uh, we're encouraging all the college students to go to class. That's step one, kids. Please and do that. <laughs> and we're ready. We're really close now. The season is almost here. But thanks again for checking us out each and every week. Don't forget to click subscribe on our fun fans podcast youtube channel as well as your favorite podcast platform 
follow us on all social media and share. Please, links mentioned are archived and archived shows can be found at thefanboys.com. On behalf of the Fun Fans Podcast, J Thriller Entertainment, the Fanboys Fangirls Podcast Network, and Bailey Jackson. Go Tigers. Thanks for listening and go Tigers. <laughs>